watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? <laughs> Welcome back to Squish FM. Chris Wendelkin, Ben Craw, Brandon Lissy. We talk about the NBA. Yes, Guys, we, we have been waiting for this one. A wow. little post-Christmas, post-New oh, Year's treat. good. Sometimes you got to start off the new year with a treat. How are your holidays? Incredible. Incredible. Fantastic. Family, love, and crypto. Did we stuff ourselves with food and booze? No, I'm on that weight loss journey. Yeah. I've been watching your picks. That weight loss journey. Then what about you? You you stone cold sober? You stinky like a drunk. This week we are celebrating ourselves and celebrating our various life journeys by uh, giving ourselves a little treat. Mm-hmm. You know, the holidays be- can be kind of stressful for some, seeing family or travel or, you know, it's just... The holidays aren't always great for everyone. Can't imagine being themselves. can't imagine being stressed around the holidays as a yeah. uh, an adult with a spouse child? or child. No, it's it's basically the same as uh, holidays as a kid when hmm. you just get presents and you get to play with those presents for two weeks straight right. vacation and you have no then worries or cares. We are and, giving uh, ourselves one extra present this this week. Uh, since the holidays are not stressful, they're just an absolute joy. We're giving ourselves one extra treat, one extra present, which is a draft. A draft. It's been a while, guys, since we've drafted. How long has it been? uh, What was our last draft? I don't even remember. A long time. There was like the teams that should win a championship, right? Was Was that the last draft we did? I think so. I can tell you. Hold on. Our last draft... Was it Forget Buddies? Is that possible? Oh. Uh, I mean, it's been over a year. <laughs> really? We haven't we didn't do a single draft in the calendar year of 2022. We have not done a draft in the last calendar year. 
Holy crap. The last draft that we did. This is insane. <laughs> I mean, it's been a couple of years. The last draft that we did was Forget Buddies. Wow. And April that, 19th. And that was two years ago. April 19th of 2021? April 2021. Wow. Wow. That was our last round. Unbelievable. What a time. We it just, was almost like we, we mastered the format and then we were sort of like, I guess we're I guess we we're done with that. We we, we have nothing left to prove in the That's draft right. format. So we decided but, uh, to innovate. But it turns out that there is more. There's out. always more There's more to draft. folks. We're so this year this this week this week <laughs> in the new year. It's twenty twenty three. We're back. It's been a two year break. We are drafting. Draft classes, NBA draft classes. We're drafting drafts. Yep. I'm talking mm. about a uh, metaverse. How good is that? How, it doesn't get more meta than that. We're drafting drafts. Nope. No, it does not. Um, <laughs> you guys know what this is. Let's so let's you just okay there, jump Wham? You look a little, little peaked. You're looking a little gray there, Wendy. What's going on, baby? <laughs> what? Are you oh. feeling? You're right? looking a little gray. You need oh, a splash of water. Fl- I'm, I'm getting cheesed up for this draft. Draft. I'm, okay. I'm right. getting ready. I'm, I have a pretty banger first pick i feel like i gotta get it in before i'm trying to run up to the table with the draft card all right so everyone knows what it is um yeah. let's not qualify it with or explain it let's just hop in no need to explain it. people you know, everyone remembers yeah. the last one we did oh yeah four years ago so it's like yeah. when you say yeah, madonna yeah. you know who so we're, we're gonna about. go like this uh whammy will be our first overall pick and then how was that decided order- um I'm we sorry? talked about it beforehand it was well, mm. let's you see. And, you and Chris remember the production meeting. Mm. I don't yeah. Think I, okay. We'll go Whammy with the first overall pick. Then we'll go on to Team Ben. Then we'll move on to Team CW. All right. I'll take it. And okay. we don't do snake drafts. So we'll just, for the sake of listening on the podcast, we'll just reset the order. We'll go back to Wham, yeah. Ben, and then C Dubs. We don't do that yet. We're we going to go three rounds. We're going to go three rounds. Each team is going to make three picks, and then we can always talk about some honorable mentions at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Whammy, without further ado, you are on the clock with the first overall pick whenever you're, whenever you're ready. Go ahead. I think a lot of people here would be running up to the table with uh, 2003, mm. Kirk, Kirk Heinrich, uh, TJ Ford, Mike Sweetney, Jarvis Hayes, Michael Petrius, Nick Collison, Darko. It was quite the draft, but... Uh, those are great players, but what I want is a great story. I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I want to take you back to 1947. <laughs> you might have been watching a Chicago American Gears game. Of course, the Chicago American Gears were owned by Maurice White, the president mm-hmm. of the American Gears Company, and they played for the Professional Basketball League of America. And I think if you're an NBA fan, you can see where this is going. We all remember that, uh, sorry, actually, <clears throat> the Chicago Gears played for the World Professional Basketball Yeah, I was going to say. But then, of course, Maurice White, in his hubris, decided to start a league where he owned all 24 teams, called it the PBLA, the Professional Basketball League of America. He owned all the arenas, all the teams, and that league folded hmm. just one month down the road. And that left one young, spectacle-clad, former professional basketball great, the namesake of the Most Improved Player Award, 
George Mikan out of a job. There he is. Mommy. Georgie didn't have any way to put his porridge. Hard to improve Georgie when you don't porgy. have a job. That's right. So he did what he always did. Uh, he improved by going into the 1947 uh, uh, NB, what was the league? NBL league at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, dispersal draft. The PBLA dispersal draft and was taken with the first mm. pick. Kind of like By an who, expansion guys? draft. like a By who? That's exactly right. Yeah. It wasn't the actual uh, P- NBL draft. This was the PBLA dispersal draft. The where dispersal draft, yeah. People who played in Maurice White's dream were dispersed into the NBL, which would later become the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we know what team drafted him? I'm going to say the Toronto Huskies. Close. It was the Minneapolis Lakers. Dang it. Named for the thousand land of a thousand lakes, the Minneapolis mm. Lakers would go on to blossom into the, one of the most successful sports franchises of all time, fully winning almost a quarter of the NBA's championships. Greats like Georgie Mikan, uh, big man Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm. Gerald West, mm. uh, Patrick Riley. Uh, stop me if you've heard any of these folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Zen Master, O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe yeah. Bryant, Powell Gasol. But that was what started it all, was the pick in the dispersal draft. Wow. Um, which would then later, uh, Mike and would lead them to several championships in the BAA finals over the Washington Capitals. Now, correct me if I'm uh, wrong, but uh, George Mikan was not the the dominant force that he would become uh, right off the bat. Is that true? Was well, he? In fact, Ben, he was quite dominant, oh. and then he became even more dominant, and that is why we have the uh, hmm. most improved player of the year award dedicated to him. Got it. All right, uh, Wham. Okay. He was so dominant that they had to change the rules, widening the lane from six to twelve. Feet. That's called the Mikan rule. Hmm. Uh, he also uh, got the shot clock introduced. Because he would uh, they he would just hold the ball. That's that was correct. one of his. T- his uh, he would just hold tactics. the ball up as younger, smaller men would try to he grab just, it. St- he would score one basket, <laughs> then he would stand up. there and hold the ball. Hold the, the rest ball of the up. Game. Nobody could get it. They tried to. No one could reach it. his body. Yep. And they would try to climb up like those uh, people in Italy with the pole. But, uh, but anyway, when they introduced jump. the shot clock and he had to learn how to dribble, that was uh, such a major improvement that they named the award after him. And also, as an official, Mikan is also the creator of the three-point line and That's the right. multicolored ball, which still lives on in the three-quarter. Well, that was with the ABA, yeah, because he, 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 he was a turncoat. He turned his back right. on the NBA. He, and he, he, he played for the game, not any specific league. He played for the game. Hmm. Right. So, there you go. 1947. Nice, we have 1947. 1947. The first pick. First pick. Professional Basketball yeah. League of America. The, dip- dispersal, the dispersal draft. Dispersal draft. Hmm. Very nice, Wham. I suppose. Right. Does that? Uh, all right. So that qualif- That does qualify, right? Because I thought we'll we were drafting draft, like folks. NBA drafts. It's a draft. We'll allow it. It's a draft. We'll okay. Draft. Okay. Great. Great pick. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good pick. I it was. Yeah. It. it was. A, it was a good one. So. Um, well, I'm going to go with a, with a slightly more obvious one. Uh, I don't think I'll need to, to justify this one too much. Not too much explanation needed. Uh, I'm just happy to finally be able to do really what we what we love to do uh, as podcasters, uh, basketball podcasters specifically, which is just name name some dudes, right? 
Yeah, yep. that's the best. I that's love cool. nothing more than naming basketball players, and I'm gonna I'm about to do a whole lot of that. So strap in, folks. Let's talk about the year 1985. Okay. Um, so when I uh, tried to my we we didn't really talk about our uh, our methodology, you know, our, our metrics here for for judging. Sure. The best drafts because we are drafting. Well, I, 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 we, you know, with all these drafts, we never say, "Oh, we're drafting Get the best, to the names. Or the worst." <laughs> we're drafting uh, for whatever reason we feel like. Um, but so it's sometimes it's fun to, to kind of explain, you know, uh, h- how you go about making, you know, your your logic, your reasoning when you go about making your selections, your draft picks here. Um, for me, it was a combination of you know top end talent. Like, I always okay. looked at those top five picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did those five five stack up? And then it's really about depth after that. Um, and so, for me, like, there was really no question in my mind. Before I even began my research, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go 85, number one. And my research only confirmed that hunch. Um, obviously, we've got, uh, you know, the num- number one in our hearts, Patrick Ewing going number sure. one out of Georgetown. Of course. Um, and then a, a pretty, I mean, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and, and list some of these names. So after Ewing, we get, we get Tisdale, uh, great uh, jazz bassist, Wayman Tisdale. Um, had a pretty good uh, NBA career as well, 12 years. Benoit Benjamin, um, who was a hapless uh, center for the New Jersey Nets (laughs) when I was growing up. 15 years in the league. Um, Hapless. He's a failure. And then let's talk about the fourth overall selection, the X-Man, Xavier McDaniel. Mention the name of Xavier McDaniel. More often than not, the very next word is intimidator. Yeah, Things happen through the course of the game. I can't back down. I got to let this guy know, hey, this is my spot. This is my domain. I'm the man around here. I mean, already with, with Ewing and McDaniel right there, you're probably going to be number one on my board. But that's not all, folks. At number nine, we've got A1 Charles Oakley. Every now and then, somebody want to get tough, and they ain't tough. And that's when it really happened. A guy who tried to really step up, never been known to try to be an enforcer or whatever, you know, be an inside player with a lot of force. And, you know, now guys get touched kind of hard. They want to fight back. But, hey, bring it on. Charles Oakley. So you're telling me Cleveland. Ewing, McDaniel, and Oakley, the front line of the 91-92 New York Knicks, all in the same year. That is insane. Um, but but as if that wasn't enough, the depth of this There's draft. More. There are so many guys, so many guys. Um, a little bit after, well, between uh, sort of sandwiched in between X and Oak, we got a couple of flat tops. Chris Mullen, Detlef Schrempf, um, fantastic uh, players. Uh, a sneaky uh, number thirteen pick, Carl Malone. Yeah, ever heard of him? The mailman? Mm. Yeah, sliding in at 13. Um, but if you really want to talk about uh, all-time greats, uh, Chris, I'll, I'll let you do the honors. Uh, do you know who was picked at, at number 17 in the 1985 NBA draft? 17, 1985. Yeah. Dallas Mavericks made the selection a center out of Indiana. German. S- a German center out of Indiana. Mm-hmm. German big man. 
a German big man out of oh the University of Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's the Mavs made the pick. Why am I drawing a blank? I mean, it's not. Well, he didn't have a a long career. He actually only played uh, five seasons in the league. Um, three with with uh, well, three and a half with Dallas, and then uh, had a cup of coffee in uh, Golden State, and then uh, seven games. Uh, with San Antonio to round out his career. Uh, I'm talking about none other than uh, Uwe Blob. I'll tell you, there's been a lot of guys that come in here. You have Sean Bradley, Eric Ampier, Reggie, a former teammate of yours, Sagana Job, Bruno Sundup, Sean Rooks, and Calvin Booth. Uwe Blob! What do you miss? Are you miss? <laughs> Uwe Blob! I was waiting for you to follow oh, up, okay, Ken! Yeah, right. Uwe Blob was an 85. Um, I mean, we've also got Joe Dumars. We've got A.C. Green, the Iron Man. We've got Terry Porter from those great Blazers teams. Uh, we've got... All right, so um, I was a little confused about this at first because technically this fella was drafted in 1983 uh, sure. by the then San Diego Clippers... Right. But the NBA ruled that he had not been eligible for that draft as he had not declared 45 days before the draft as required, and the pick was declared invalid. So he was later drafted in 1985. Um, so I believe he officially counts as an 85er, and that is a one-minute bowl. He plays very intelligently on defense. Minute with the fling three. Got it. <laughs> Down by 14. Minute with another. Oh, my. <laughs> How about it? A shot that would get over Manute. Can't see. <laughs> hey, the guy can make three out of four. He should shoot him all night. Three threes in the third quarter for Manute Ball. The Sixers have found an offensive weapon. Chambers was just leaning on him a little too much. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> four. Four three-pointers in this quarter for him. You know he's going to drill two out of three. Or... Or, what's that, five out of seven? I don't believe it. <laughs> Neither do the people here. I don't believe this. <laughs> Sixers had come back to within ten. Now it's tough. <laughs> He's got six threes this half. And then, let's see, some other names. Hot Rod Williams. Uh, another New York Knicks legend, Gerald Wilkins. Um, mm. The 91-92 Knicks are, are just all over this 85 draft. Um, and then the craziest thing, uh, of all, oh, uh, one more name to throw at you, um, Spud Webb. <laughs> now, two dunks on the final round, instead of three. Boy. Without being able to palm the ball. Out of sight. Out of sight. Yeah, Spud yeah, Webb. here. You're still missing a real key piece to this draft. Uh, did I say Joe Dumars? You Ty, didn't say Ty couple picks before Spud Webb. Uh, Arvidas Sabonis. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. really? The, the Sabonis. Oh, shit. El vidrio del pabellón en él es más que ha metido Sabonis. 
Sabonis. Wow, how did I not and even see that? Because he didn't come. Last. Of course, he like he didn't. Yeah, he yeah. didn't come to the states, so it's just easy to forget. Right, right. I skipked right was over part that. Of was part draft, of the draft. Yeah, like yeah. I've, but I've that was another one where it was that. like he was declared. It was like de- you know declared invalid yeah, or ruled out or whatever. I noticed that with a few players that I was looking at, or a few draft classes that I was looking at, where it was like, oh, so and so was. Part well, the of draft, draft but was like I didn't realize rounds he long. didn't like play yeah. in the states until seven or eight years later. It's like a weird phenomenon. Yeah, Mario well, Ellie. Yeah, folks. so that was that was the one I was going to say with the third to last pick in the draft, pick number one hundred and sixty. Uh, yeah, the kiss of, the kiss of death. Years in the league. Mario Ellie. Um, he was drafted Damn. by the Bucks, but he did get cut and then what played internationally for a few years and didn't actually make his NBA debut debut until uh, 1990. But technically drafted with the 160th pick in round seven uh, out of American International College, a fellow by the name of Mario Ellie. So this, yeah, I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe we'll figure this out as we go along. This, I think what's unique here is these numbers are coming at 17, 12, 15, 12, 11, 15, 16, 16, 19, 12. The top 10 players in this draft played 17 years, 12 years, 15 years, 12 years, 11 years, 15 years, 16 years, 16 years, 19 years, yeah. and 12 years. That's crazy no way that that there, is the case for any other there's, there, there are no misses there are no busts there's, there's no nobody nobody in the top 10 played under a decade yeah that's insane that's never gonna happen yeah. ever again 10 like, all-stars 10 all-stars came out of this draft michael adams joe dumars patrick ewing ac green carl malone xavier mcdaniel chris mullen charles oakley terry porter and Detlef left Schrempf. yeah the next i mean len bias was the next year but chris washburn played two years yeah, well, 86 draft is cursed, although there are a couple of good names out of that one as well. But I but. guess you're just never going to see. I mean, I guess uh, then the, looking at 80, 88 here, not to spoil it, this could be one. But there's Yeah, those top much. 10 players, by the way, don't include Carl Malone. Don't right. include Joe Dumars. Don't right. include uh, Terry Porter. Uh, I guess it was, it was more frequent for people to hang around, because I guess in 87 it's 14, 13, 5. 10, 17, 10, 12, 15, 15, 17, 18, 14, 11, up yeah. to the top 13 that are just the longevity of these guys. Yeah. God, 80, 87. All right, I don't want to spoil anything. But All right. Uh, very nice, Ben. Thank uh, you. 1985, the second overall pick. Team CW on the clock here with the third overall. And, um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was hemming and hawing about this, and I was like, I mean, this is very clearly my number one overall. There's no way it's remotely even on your radars. But uh, it's just funny to hear everyone's logic. So third overall selection for Team CW is 1992. Shaq, morning, and late. Yep. Yep. And I'll qualify this by saying, obviously, this draft class is my favorite. It's the one that's most important to me, and it's the one that I was first like genuinely obsessed with yeah and it's just because like i was eight years old in 1992 so that was like the dawning of my nba brain and fandom and it was the first time i remember there being a collegiate player shaquille o'neal who was essentially like tank worthy a guy who if you were lucky enough to win the lottery it would literally change the fortune of your franchise forever and i guess i want to take a sec to stress the idea that like Getting to draft Shaq was truly winning the lottery. Yeah. Yep. 
like it was like you were guaranteed like, NBA titles. Like in the way that you could go to the deli and buy scratch off cards and try to become a millionaire. That was you the, just did that it. was that was the same in NBA terms. And maybe over the years, like I've sort of become numb to the meaning of that word, like lottery, that concept of winning a lottery. But winning Shaq's draft li- draft rights literally meant your fortunes instantly changed. And as was the case when, like, the Pelicans drafted Zion or the, when the Cavs won the lottery and got the right to draft LeBron. And as will be the case, whoever wins the right to draft Victor Wembayana this summer out of France. But anyways, for this draft for me, the top three picks, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, and Christian Leitner. To me, that collegiate combo platter was enough to make this my number one overall choice even as even though i know logically there are drafts that have produced like greater players but leitner had this brilliant college career he hit the most iconic shot in college basketball Mm -hmm. history from for my money he hit that buzzer beater against kentucky 2.1 seconds left no team has repeated as ncaa champions since UCLA did it in 1973. You know, one of the things I've seen Duke do in the past in situations like this is try for the quick pass to half court and call a quick timeout so they can get in better shooting range. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! And he was put on the 92 Dream Team, so that, like, sort of puts things in perspective that as, like, whatever he was, 19, 20 years old, he was he was already playing with MJ and Magic and Bird and Pippen, like um, on one of the most historic teams ever. He was largely regarded as like a huge disappointment in the pros, but honestly, he played 12 seasons. 13. Looked, yeah, 13 seasons. He looked through those first six or seven years with the T-Wolves and the Hawks. He was pretty consistently averaging like, 17, 18 points, eight rebounds. He he was like a very good, serviceable player. Ben, I don't think we like have talked much about later on the pod, but this guy had one of the all-time like what-if careers. Mm-hmm. There was so much hype for him, likely in part because he was this like white guy and he was a heel and he played for Duke mm-hmm. and he had all this like success in the early 90s in college and he was very visible and he hit that iconic shot. A 6'11 senior from Angola, New York. I thought Christian Leitner was soft. Overrated. Pretty boy. A bitch. And I thought Grant Hill was a bitch. I thought Christian Leitner was an overrated pussy. I really did. Until I actually got on the floor with him and realized that he had game. It sucks, I feel like, that he didn't have more success on the pro level because he was such a fucking heel he's yeah. so easy to hate if he got drafted by like the lakers or oh, yeah. uh or the celtics like the celtics oh, oh boy like or like Bulls, if christian Leitner, or, like if he, yeah. he could have been like tony kukoc or like something like yeah, yeah like he was just minnesota was just siberia like we just no one never no heard from we couldn't we didn't see those games you know like yeah it would no have league been pass. fun as no league it pass. would have been fun as hell to see him battle other big men on like a big stage, like yeah. to see him battle against like young Shaq or young Weber or young, you know, kid or Kobe Grant Hill. Um, I mean, he came out at 18 points a game. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, he was a bucket. That's what I'm saying. Like for a guy that 
is largely regarded as a disappointment. He had a better career than it would seem like, but I think it's just because our expectations were so, he was on the dream team when he was 19. So it was like, all right, so if this guy isn't Larry Bird, we're going to be pissed. Yeah. And everyone kind of wanted to hate him because they were like, oh, you're like, you know, Duke. Yeah. And again, like he's this like pretty pretty boy. boy who went to Duke and he just felt like the opposite of where basketball was going. Like he was this, he, he, he sort of, I think he sort of evoked like the idea of like an upper middle income white guy mm-hmm. who went to Duke what and like want. was so clean cut and like he was just like a banker like yeah. he was like <laughs> he was like an inv- he was like an investment banker he's like a Goldman Sachs bro that played basketball yeah and that is such a fun character to hate like yeah. I, I I really wish it could have worked for him to be Ted great DBS, we, the million dollar man. yeah mm-hmm. it would have been so fun to see the million dollar man like choke. And it were, but like make the NBA finals and like, you know, lose to Chris Webber or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, so th- that was Leitner. With the first pick in the 1992 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selects Shaquille O'Neal from Louisiana State University. Shaq, as we know, changed the NBA. And the metaverse. We loved yeah, he, his New Year's Eve party. Thank yeah, you, his DJ set was fantastic. I listened to he it changed, six times changed on loop. the league forever. He wasn't the first NBA player to be physically imposing, but he, you know, he wasn't the first guy with like a size advantage, but he Big may man have been who the could f- move. He may have been the first guy in- who introduced like pure brute force as a style yeah. of play in the NBA. That's right. Meaning like there were big guys before Shaq, but Shaq was the first player that I can remember who with his unmatched size tried to hurt his opponents and tried to wear other teams into submission. So like, yeah, there were, there were the bad boy Pistons who were very tough and physical. The 93 Knicks were very chippy. The Celtics in the eighties and the Miami heat in the nineties, they were always looking for a fight, but no single player used his size and strength as a means to physically overpower his opponents and score buckets like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Nope. Like Shaquille O'Neal beat One of a up kind. Yeah. In the process of scoring on you. Absolutely. Could not stop him. Absolutely captured the imagination of 10-year-olds everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I had never seen anyone pull a backboard down before. Then as Scott was starting, Bowie was coming off the bench as Shaquille oh. follows and almost and does bring down the entire oh. backboard. Well, I think this backboard company will attest to it. Miami is the new structure that they are rolling in. They are going to replace the entire structure because of the shack attack on the last rim. Hill puts it on the floor. And stops anybody down. He brought the whole goal down. <laughs> Goodness. I'm just glad he wasn't hurt that time. I mean, that thing came straight down. He brought the whole on the fence there, on the hinge there. Look at this. Unbelievable. There was a foul on the play too, but that's sort of incidental. Well, the foul was on Dwayne's. <laughs> that was like such a thing yeah. that like, I didn't, obviously it had been done in the past, like in the 70s by Daryl Dawkins and international play, and, but like I didn't know that was possible until I saw Shaq do it. Uh, and it was just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this guy is not a basketball player. He is an actual superhero. Um, yeah, he's like a schoolyard bully or something. Like, yeah. it was just like, this guy is like... But he was cool. Like, like before he, he like, cool. got, like, large and went on the Lakers and, yeah. like, became, like, actually my least favorite player, 
I had Shaq posters, like even as a Knicks fan, even though he was yeah. like the new and you know hot, uh, better, younger, stronger, faster version of Patrick Ewing, uh, and replaced Patrick Ewing on the I want to say the '93 All Star team um, as a starter, which I was very upset about. I mean, no, it was I think it was the '94 All Star team because in '93 he was only a rookie, um, but by '94 he was like starting on the All Star team over Ewing uh, for the East, and I was very. Uh, sour about that but yet i still thought he was awesome and had posters and then i quickly soured on him and he became my least favorite player one selection that bypassed you was the u.s olympic team how disappointing is it for you not to be a part of that team i was disappointed at first however christian leitner he is a great player and uh, i just want to wish uh, coach daly and all those guys good luck yeah, I mean, Shaq's career, I feel like, is a whole separate podcast that we need to do at some point. But, like, we know the bullet points. He's seven foot one at LSU to the Orlando Magic, number one overall pick, four time NBA champion, three time NBA finals MVP. He won the NBA MVP, 15 time All Star. Also, I think I should stress, like, I truly believe there was no difference between the 92 draft and like the 1994 film blue chips. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I remember them as the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like that all was just the same. That was a documentary. I thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was just like the same thing to me. That was a movie about Shaquille O'Neal and where he came from. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last guy in that trifecta, to talk about is Alonzo Mourning, who is the number two overall pick to the Charlotte Hornets. And then maybe it's because he went to Georgetown, which for us was just an extension of the Knicks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he played center for the Hoyas. But obviously, like, this guy was every bit the beast uh, of Shaq. You know, he was like every bit as physically imposing. He easily could have been, would have been the number one overall pick in almost any other draft. Yeah. He had a Hall of Fame career, became a major thorn in our side, playing for the Miami Heat. Just a legendary, legendary battles with Ewing and the Knicks. And before he became a hated rival on the Heat, he was part of like the, the, my second favorite team in the NBA as a that kid. Tandem. The yeah. amazing Charlotte Hornets with LJ oh, and Muggsy Bogues, and just like yep. how how cool Grandma those teams Mom. were. Players who share Hardaway's irrepressible spirit are Charlotte Hornets teammates Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning. Make way, here comes a bunch of young guns. I'm into power. Rebounding, my thing. Dunking on somebody, that's what I mean. Ain't nobody cussing me. Basketball is fun to me. You know, I'm gonna have a good time when I'm out there. The senior member of this dynamic duo is small forward Larry Johnson, a former number one pick and 1992 Rookie of the Year. Johnson possesses a unique combination of speed and power. Johnson alley oh! But even more than his physical abilities, it is his boundless enthusiasm for the game that has made him a fan favorite. We go out just a big game, you know, 23,000 in a stand and you know, up screaming and hollering, and everybody is just on the edge of their seats. You know, I'm going to look around and try to find something to take a little bit of pressure off. I'm going out there laughing, joking with my teammates. I feel that those guys are the only guys that can put pressure on. Arriving in 1992, Alonzo Mourning immediately proved that he shared Johnson's spirit as he played with ferocious intensity. What a play by Alonzo! The shot is blocked by Mourning! Mourning with a jam! 
and Johnson immediately embraced his kindred spirit. Larry kind of relaxed me. I started playing well a whole lot faster than I had, had expected. And together, they have shared a spectacular rise to stardom. And as two of the youngest members of Dream Team 2, they couldn't be happier to showcase their partnership to the world. Larry time for Charlotte. He gets inside, drops it to zone for two and time. You got guys from all over the world competing against each other and trying to accomplish that one common goal, and that's the bragging rights on who's the best in the world. With the excitement and the, the total success of First Dream Team, a lot of eyes will be on the second one. And, you know, we're just going to go out and play hard and do whatever possible we can for our country. Those were so fun. So they fun. The jerseys. So cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was kind of like, everyone knew Shaq, but if you were like a real basketball head, you were like, you know, Alonzo Mourning's like just as good as he is. Yeah, like Ooh. Loki, Alonzo Mourning is very, very, very good. Yeah, he was nasty. So before his kidney disease that turned him into a role player, Mourning was someone who was a perennial 20 and 10 guy. Ben, in 1999, Alonzo Mourning averaged 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3.9 blocks per game. Good God. Wow. He had four or five seasons where he averaged three or f- three blocks. Yeah. And it's just like imagining that today is, is laughable. There are currently five guys in the league today who averaged two blocks, and that's led by Brooke Lopez. Um, and then every other player in the league, a league leader, has like one and change in terms of blocks. Nobody but. wants to protect the hoop anymore. Yeah. Other greats from that class, really quickly, Jimmy Jackson, LaFonso Ellis, Tom Guglia, Clarence Weatherspoon, mm. yeah. Robert Ory, Harold Minor, Doug Don't Christie, you dare Hubert, skip him. Don't you Hubert skip Davis, P.J. Brown, Popeye Jones, number 24 overall Here to the Golden go. State Warriors, Ben. Who? Latrell Spreewell. Spree. No second acts in American life? Whoever said that obviously didn't know Latrell Sprewell. A year ago, Sprewell was a man without a franchise, vilified and condemned, watching the playoffs. Now in a city that will seemingly forgive anything of anyone wearing the home jersey, Sprewell has emerged as a dominant figure in the Knicks' unlikely run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Going off the hook like Latrell Sprewell. Yeah. 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 So. Crazy. Like, uh, man, he was so cool. With the bald head when he first came in. Yep. God, he was so sick. Uh, the most yes. violent dunker I think yes. I had ever seen. Um, yeah. Also, can we talk real quick about number seven overall pick Walt Williams? Any any other Walt Williams heads uh, in the in the house? Last one by Jimmy Jackson's pass, but look at. Williams going to the gold trailer act with the ball behind his back and pass to Grant. They call him the wizard. His high school. That's right. I remember this. The wizard. Love Walt Williams. Williams. He had the high socks before it was like kind of cool. Um, played for a, a completely obsolete uh, Sacramento yeah, Kings yeah. team. But he was so fun to watch. Uh, a real uh, kind of like five tool player. Uh, would Kind of a point forward type. Handled the rock a lot. Great passer. A lot of flashy razzle-dazzle uh, maneuvers. Loved Walt Williams. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and again, you're there's not 10 people on this who made it over a day. I mean, I guess a lot of them did. 
19 years for Shaq, 15 years for Morning, 13 years for Leitner. Only yeah. only Tad Day didn't make it to a decade in the top 10 there. Mm. All right. And so then Robert Ori, I mean, obviously intertwined with Shaq's legacy very closely. Mm-hmm. All right, Whammy, we're going to toss the baton back to you. This is the, uh, we're entering now the second round. This is the number four overall pick. This yeah. will be your second selection whenever, whenever you're ready. This may be a bit of an education for you guys because you've never experienced anything like this. But when you win a championship, oftentimes the foundations are laid years beforehand. And my Cavs won a championship in 2016. And buried within that foundation is the skeleton of an NBA trade to end all NBA trades. I'm, of course, talking about the 2011 NBA draft where the Cavs selected Game 7 winner Kyrie Irving famed flat earther now reformed speaker of anti-Semitic words but also winner of a Cavs championship and how did we get that pick boys? Do you remember how we got that pick? We were very bad but it wasn't our pick it was the LA Clippers pick and the Clippers gave us that pick in order to get off the contract of the very beautiful, very rotund at the time, Baron Davis, who they wow. signed to a five-year... Yep, it seems almost quaint hmm. at this time, but uh, we Baron Davis signed a $65 million deer, deal in 2008. Very hefty at the time, quaint now. If you're a starter in the NBA, you're making way more than that. Um, but uh, Baron Davis, the the Clippers just had to get off of the $28 million that they owed him, plus the $13 million for the remainder of the season. So the Cavs, of course, traded Mo Williams and Jamario Moon to the Clippers in exchange for Baron Davis and an unprotected first-round pick. Protect your picks, boys. <laughs> We've Christ. said it once. we said it a thousand times. Of course, that pick had a very low, less than 1% chance of getting the first pick in the 2011 NBA draft. And lo and behold, it it hit. The ping pong balls hit the right way. With the first pick in the 2011 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Kyrie Irving from Duke University. The Cavs went on to draft at number one, Kyrie Irving, and at number four, Tristan Thompson, who I am grateful for having played for the Cavs, but constantly felt like the Cleveland media loved him and he was a terrible NBA player, but we'll get into that later. And then then there's something that happened down the road, which was equally important. Can you guys guess what else in this draft contributed to the Cavs winning the NBA championship? I'll give you a hint. It is the Knicks pick. That helped the Cavs win the NBA championship. Anybody remember who they picked? They did not pick it, Steph Curry. Amon no. Shumpert. They picked the Shump, mm. who of course served as the starting two and defensive anchor in that uh, 2016 Cavs squad, mm-hmm. along with also Knicks cast off, but not 2011 uh, draft uh, classer. Uh, Timofey Mozgov and J.R. Smith. Mm. Another fun thing about this draft is the pizza guy. Sacramento Kings, great, and Boston, great, and then Cavs, not so great. Isaiah Thomas, who I loved, loved, loved when he played. He was the last pick, pick number 60 in this draft. Wow. And Why do they call him back. the pizza guy? 
because he did pizza commercials in the Bay, in the um, not the Sacramento area. What kind of guy is Isaiah Thomas? He's quick, fiery, and determined. And I'm a pizza guy. That's why I'm loving the fresh from scratch pizza at Pizza Guys. Are you a pizza guy? Then get the Pizza Guys. Real pizza, real value. Pizza Guys. He did a bunch of. That was like his first big endorsement was a pizza commercial. Wow. And then, um, you know, great some great names here. If you're a college hoops fan, John Diebler, mm-hmm. very funny. But uh, Davis Bertans, Ben, you and I have some. Uh, loved a lot. You and I have some Davis Bertans love laser. spread around there. Oh, Ch- Ch- Chandler Parsons, as our friend of the pod, Tim McMahon points out, Max or nothing, mm-hmm. mother effort. Uh, Chandler Parsons at, at the second round. Boyan Bogdanovich, can I interest you in him for a first-round pick this Mm -hmm. year? Um, Norris Cole, who led the Heat, of course, to to numerous NBA Finals runs. Great great flat top on that guy. That's right. Marshawn Brooks. uh, I can't remember which Marshawn Brooks this was, but Hmm. there's like three or four Marshawn Brooks. Brooks, This was the one that the Celtics drafted, not the one that played for the Nets. And then, uh, of course... Wait, that's a different player? There's a, different players. There's like three Marshawn Brooks. They're That's all incredible. This was the, I th- do you remember that there was a trade where the Nets traded for Marshawn Brooks, but it wasn't the right Marshawn Brooks, and they <laughs> took the trade, bro. Um, so Uh-oh. that that obviously happened. And then uh, we I I always <laughs> Donatus Montiunis for those fans of the international players. And then uh, this is great is the Morris brothers, the Morris twins. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, those Morris boys. Yeah, and then also famously. They're, Massive, massive, massive NBA sort of bust was Derek Williams at number two. Ooh, yeah. And then not Jan Vesely at number six. Oh my God, Jan Vesely. Phew. Ooh. All right, man. Very nice. 2011. 2011. What a year it was. Changed, laid the foundation for laid the, the seeds, yeah. championship. Great and stuff. And that was the year. Three after, starters on the counter. That was the year after LeBron went to Miami. Uh, two year. I think LeBron left in 2010. 10, right? So yeah. Was 2010 was his first season with the Heat. So 10, 11. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and 2011 was, 20, was the Kyrie second. Draft. Yeah. So, but this was the second full. I, I got to look. It was that. the draft after LeBron's first season in Miami when they lost to the Mavs in the finals. Yeah. And the Cavs were not so good that year. You can listen to. Switch. 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 Swit